0: Run us some music, Brent, let's roll.
1: Good morning, everybody. Your earworm for the day is brought to you by Idiotic, the podcast that helps you think about the theme song all day long.
0: Good morning, look Chris. The, look at the cap going. Same yeah, I love it. music and fashion design.
2: Hey, that
1: third, that third guy over there that you guys don't see every morning or, well, every Wednesday morning, that's Will Tallheimer. He's our guest today. How's it going, Will?
2: Things are excellent. Very cool, Outstanding.
1: very
0: cool. How's Canada, Chris? Ah, this corner of Canada has gotten a little cooler this morning, so, you know, summer's over. We're in a fall already. That's it. We're done. With <laughs> and Nadine's saying cold and wet, that's exactly what it is. We've had cold weather, so
2: yeah. But you have Trudeau.
0: Yeah, we have lots of two things too. I mean, you know, we could talk about that. All kinds of things. <laughs> we, could, we could talk about. We could talk about beer. We could talk about uh, anyway. Music. Music. We could. We could spend Ma- it in half an maple hour. That. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. Will.
2: Maple syrup?
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, yes. Yeah. got a I've got a jar in my fridge. <laughs> Good
1: times. Well, we're going to talk about smile sheets today. Everybody knows you will, and all of the research and the cool stuff that you do, probably a lot connected with uh, some of the myth myth busting stuff. everybody sends whenever somebody mentions learning styles, I always send them to your website. So half your traffic you can thank me for. Um, (laughs) the (laughs) battle goes on, (laughs) but yeah, so, um, but today we're going to talk about smile sheets. Oh, but you know, you reminded me,
2: right? Let me, before we get started, I don't want to forget, uh, Clark Quinn has a great book out on debunking and he's actually speaking, uh, with the debunker club this afternoon, uh, well, it's 1 o'clock Eastern time, and uh, if you – actually, I'll put a link into the uh, chat in a minute, and uh, you can go there and sign up, uh, and see you there. Yeah, that'd be great, because Kara just
1: mentioned it in the chat as well, and I had no idea he was doing a webinar today. So uh, it is, that is good to know. So if you guys want to dive really, really deep on uh, the myth-busting – and uh, and hang out with clark quinn for an hour get on that webinar
2: very cool that's good cool.
1: and we get no kickbacks for promoting it
2: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> just give us a little shout out on the webinar clark those guys over right, so at idiotic uh, hang out with them too <laughs> all
2: right so my my chat is going really slowly so i don't know what's going on but
1: yeah, I think it's a bandwidth issue. I think that's where the popping might be coming from because now I'm kind of hearing it on your end, too. I kind of hear what you're mm-hmm. saying. So there's probably not much we can do about it audio microphone-wise and whatnot. So sorry, everybody in the chat. If you guys are hearing any sort of um, interesting audio effects, uh, it's uh, just part of what's going on with the tech today. We, we will do it our best to move, how- it? Yeah,
0: It works great until it doesn't.
1: <laughs> the popping oh. is always my fault, Kara. Right. Exactly. <laughs> in that case, Whenever you get a in that case together, it's a feature, not a bug. Things can happen. Oh, now I lost your audio. Uh-oh. Oh, you're back. Hear- you're back now. It's good. It's good. Never mind. Never mind. So um, so let's just get started here. Let's jump right into it before we lose too much time with uh, me just rambling on because it's only 6 a.m. in Arizona. Uh, so, the Smile Sheets book, do you have a copy of it? Can people see the cover real quick?
2: <clears throat> uh, yeah, okay.
1: Oh, I didn't mean to make you get up. <laughs> there we go.
2: All right. Radical rethinking of a dangerous art form.
1: I love it. I love it. It's such a great thing. And and I think it kind of throws people. It's an outstanding title because I don't think anybody would ever think that there could be such a thing as performance based level one or smile sheets, whatever we want to call them. That first initial round of feedback that is so classic for us in
2: the training world. So what does that look like? Well, So I got started on this a number of years ago. Uh, You know, we all have been subject to smile sheets. I used to be a leadership trainer. And uh, I got smile sheets for my performance or (laughs) lack of performance. (laughs) And uh, I did learn over the years. I got better at it, uh, mostly by reading the comments. But then, you know, I'm a research guy. So I was looking at... uh, The research on smile sheets, and there's actually studies, in fact, there's two meta-analyses that cover 150 scientific studies, and they found that that smile sheets are correlated with learning results at 0.09, and if you remember from your statistics, anything below 0.30 is considered a weak correlation. So 0.09 is no correlation at all, or virtually no correlation at all. So my first thought was, okay, well, we shouldn't use them. They're not telling us anything. And then I got real. Because, you know, organizations are going to use them anyway, right? Um, And there's there's good reasons to use them. It's respectful to our learners. Uh, It's expected um, that we ask people for the feedback. Uh, It gives us a sense of the reputation of the course. Those things are all valuable. But what it doesn't do, apparently, uh, based on that scientific research, is give us a good sense of the effectiveness of our course. So then then the question is, okay, well, if we're going to use them anyway, can we make them better? And obviously, I wrote a book. So, you know, I think the answer is yes. Uh, They're never going to be perfect. There's no perfect measurement. There's no perfect learning evaluation. And if you think about it, learning is already one of the most complicated things that we do, right? It's, you know, to get into the cognitive processes, um, anybody who spends any time doing research knows that it's just mind blowing. There's so much out there. So uh, very complicated. And then you put evaluation on top of that. You're never going to be perfect in evaluating it. But the question is can we make them better than our traditional smile sheets and my answer is yes we can and I've developed a few methodologies to do that Chris what are you Very what are cool. your thoughts on smile sheets
0: well um yeah I, I was actually was reflecting and and I'm glad you mentioned it there's that, you know there is definitely an expectation that this is part of something you know that's the part of the process um, and I'm, I'm I'm glad actually I guess to hear that there's um acknowledgement, you know, that, that why throw out, throw that out? Because it seems like maybe there's a, a way to make a take better advantage of it rather than simply saying, well, this is dumb. Let's not do it period. Um, and, and at the same time, I, you know, also have uh, long recognized that the smile sheets are, well, they're, they're off too often a rigged game anyway. Um, you know, you can, you can slant them so that you look good for your performance evaluation quite easily. Um, I, I, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking too, Will, that uh, some of the conference session, you know, follow-ups that you know, asking people who have attended your session at, at any of the events, often a, a, a phrase is like, um, "How applicable is this to your to your job?" And I've been, off, I've, I've been thinking for a while now that even like that kind of a question, what, what relevance does it have? You're at a conference to learn new things. Um, you know, if you've gone to a session because it's intriguing, it's different, it's new. It doesn't have any relevance yet to your job. Maybe you can't maybe go back, but that's not a reason to um, measure that value. Or, or like, what's what's the what's the value in measuring that kind of a feedback? So the, even the questions that people you know can use in a smile sheet are, are often so rigged, I guess, or, or wrong-headed sometimes even.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, we we might use a liquor like scale, and the statement that we give people are um, the the course. Uh, was very helpful to me or was, you know, some ambiguous questions or questions that aren't ambiguous, but that push you to sort of uh, agree, right? Um, this course, uh, you know, gave me new knowledge. Well, I mean, how can you say no to that? I mean, you know? In fact, if you look at Smile Sheet uh, actual data, it's all between like a 3.8 and a 4.5, you know? So there's no differentiation so that's you know that's one of the issues uh but you're right so the rig number one they ask irrelevant questions number two um yeah there's lots of issues
1: so is there any difference between the smile sheets and maybe i'm jumping ahead so you 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 tell us where you want to go with this and kind of helping us figure it out but is there a difference between the smile sheets that we do for instructor-led training or virtual instructor-led training and the self-paced sort of the course is over, you've already done an assessment and then they, then they send you to the rate this course automated, you know, sort of survey at, at the end. Is there a similarity? Do we look at them differently? How, how does it all play together?
2: Well, I think most people sort of see those as the same, but just see those as two different delivery mechanisms. One is in-course, Fill out the piece of paper. Um, the other is after, you know, right after the course, hopefully, and you do it electronically. And what people are finding is that, uh, you know, if you do it in the course, you get more people giving data. If you do it afterwards, you get less people doing data. Um, I do have a blog post about how to get, and I, I don't, I didn't have that one on. I didn't copy that one down. Um, but how to get more people to actually complete your, your forms. You know, it just, it's simpler if you, if you gather all the information electronically and that's where we're going to be heading. Um, even, you know, some people are now having people do it electronically in the course. So into the the course, go to this URL and fill in smile sheets. So you get sort of the best of both worlds. You get people's attention and their compliance with doing it. Uh, you get it right afterwards and you collect the data uh electronically which is a much easier format because if you have to take paper stuff and compile it is it's a nightmare yeah
0: i, I think though it, um garbage in garbage out even if if people are complying and, and completing the form if it's not really useful data um what's what's the value and whether it's electronic or paper anyway
2: oh absolutely and and it's worse than that you know sometimes people are completely exhausted and we you know, like as a trainer, I can say, okay, everybody, fill out the smile sheet. <laughs> uh, or, or just do it, you know, without that attitude in my voice. But still, if I'm not really, hey, you know, this is really valuable to me. I really learn from it. Um, let me tell you what we did previously. We actually, uh, comments from the last class we gave, we've now, you know, we got rid of one exercise and added that new one that you seem to really like. Um, You know, there's a there's a way to sort of develop a conversation with your learners that gives you good feedback, uh, is authentic, uh, respects them and shows that you're actually using the information to make them want to be more. Now, I mean, one of the problems with our traditional smile sheets is the likert numeric scale. I mean, let's face it. Our learners know that that's a bunch of BS. They look at these numbers, you know, they see a whole sheet of numbers, you know, they pull fives all the way. Down. They know it's conscious or subconscious that this is all a big game and it's, and uh, this. Is not, but they don't give us better questions. They're going to up the plate and give us better feedback. So, I our smile sheets aren't that good. And yet the, all the research shows this method for getting and if information getting is or meaningless, then we're making all our decisions based on that. what the heck. Oh. Oh, I can't hear you anymore.
1: Yeah, I I lost you a little bit there. We lost your audio on that last, just the last bit of what you were saying there.
2: Oh, uh, you mean my exclamation? Where well, I I guess maybe it comes out when you swear. I think <laughs> <laughs> we've got the
1: parental uh, guardian filter on, so uh...
2: <laughs> this is the first good use of artificial intelligence I've seen in the learning. <laughs>
1: Well, let's hey, let's get right to it before we run out of time too much. What give us a couple of the of of the meaty, really good tips? How can we make smile sheets better?
2: Okay, so uh, get rid of your Likert scales. Uh, get rid of your numeric scales. They're too fuzzy, and so when the learners approach them, they have a difficult time deciding between strongly agree and agree. Uh, so you know we want to support our learners in decision making. and that doesn't do it. We also want to get good data. The data we get out of there is sort of paralyzing. 4.1, my course is a 4.1. Well, that's, and I've seen this paralyze people. you know, I, I, I get hired to go in and do a learning audit or something and uh, the, the the subject matter experts, um, my client contact knows that they're not teaching very well. We go in there and we, t- we want to educate them about some new science of learning techniques and things. And they say, well, why do we need this? Well, we get great marks on our smile sheets. <laughs> so, um, get rid of the liquors, get rid of the numeric scales. They're fuzzy and use concrete answer choices. Um, so instead of, you know, um, So a question that I ask, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here, uh, something like, um, uh, uh, how able are you to put what you've learned into practice on your job? Okay. And then the choices will be, um, I'm still completely mystified. (laughs) You know, I completely can't do this. Or I have some awareness of this, but I don't really know what to do. Okay. or um, I'm pretty sure I can get started, but I'm going to need a lot of help. Uh, I'm really competent on this on my own. I'm not going to need any help or like I'm like an expert on this. I'm good to go. Thank you. This has been a great course. Um, I mean, like obviously exaggerating some of those things, (laughs) but you can see the learners then say, oh, well, let's see. What is the best choice? Which one is closest to how I believe? And then you get the data back and you can tell by just marking the percentages. Oh my gosh, 80% of the people said they had awareness, but they don't know what to do. We have a problem. This is not good enough. At least for this course, where we were expecting our high potentials to actually put this into practice, 80% of people just having awareness means that we did not do our job. So that's that's the gist of it. And then the other aspect of it is, ask questions that are related to actual learning effectiveness. So let's look at the research on transfer and say, okay, what are the things that really cause or enable transfer? So we know motivation, people's motivation to apply what they've learned. Um, If we haven't supported that in the learning, um, that's a problem. So we should ask a question about that. Also, we know that after training follow-through is really critical for transfer. If we haven't done that, so we ask a question about that. And we, in that question, we, we try to determine whether they've gotten any support from their manager, whether there's job aids, whether they're going to have a coach, uh, whether they're going to be reminded of the content or whether they're going to feel like they're basically on their own. And if they're on their own, then there's no after training support. And we know they're going to be much less likely to put what they've learned into practice. Um, So it's really those two things, granularity between the answer choice choices and asking learners questions that are related to learning effectiveness. Pretty simple, if you think about it. Hmm.
1: Does giving them the option, like a, a, like, give, give those options that you mentioned, but then giving them a, a other with a place for them to write something in. Does that give us anything more valuable for them if they can't really find it and they can say, well, I'm kind of between number two and number three, but I'm not too sure which one to
2: pick. So I'm just going to pick this one and tell you a little bit more about me and my situation. I do that all the time, um, but there's many questions where you may not be able to anticipate the kind of responses you're going to get. Also, one of the things, one of the best practices is to pilot test. And when you pilot test some new questions, it's really good to have an other choice because then you find, oh my gosh, look, 20% of the people put other and they put this one thing. We ought to add that as one of our choices. Um, But the other thing that uh, your comment made me think about is, it's often good to have a forced choice question because that gives you the clarity of what the choice is. And then a follow-up question, open-ended. Now in your own words, tell us why you think the instructor was in fe- effective. Um, so that really gets the uh, the urgency, the specificity of the first forced choice, and then the richness uh, and the authenticity, the reality of open-ended responses, which as I said from my own experience are really valuable.
0: Chris? When you have a, a, an op- option for open-endedness, I think it also, offers a, a sense of, of, of openness to the uh it, it's less less rigid less I, I think less dismissible then uh especially if you maybe phrase the openness of it not just other colon fill in here but Do you have have something else you want to share with us? Or, you know, you could if you phrase it something like that, it it, it opens it up and it becomes less of a whatever, tick the boxes and toss it away kind of a thing, maybe. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. In fact, um, one of my favorite questions to recommend is the one at the very end. And that is, is there anything else we should have asked? Is there anything else you want to tell me? And it's really funny because a lot of people say, well, that's sort of extra. Will we just asked two questions about what was great about the course and what needs to be improved. Now you're asking another open-ended question. But you, I, I've almost always found that you get a real good nugget in there because somebody really wants to tell you something. And it's that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, extra that really, really is a is a value add. And one more thing about open-ended questions. Uh and this is gonna maybe surprise people, but the research shows that our learners don't always know how learning works, okay? They don't always know their own learning or how the best, you know, what's gonna make learning effective.
1: But they so, probably know their learning style. <laughs>
2: <You know? laughs> can, we, can we slay that right now? Uh, so, If we ask good forced choice questions prior to our open ended questions, questions that get them thinking correctly or appropriately about how learning works, then they're much better able to give us meaningful responses in the open ended questions. Uh, um, Several people have come to me and said, Wow, Will, it's amazing what's happened. Now we added your questions to our smile, and now our open-ended questions are so much better, the responses are so much more meaningful, things we can really use to make improvement. Um, So that's another aspect of uh, the sort of partnership and integration between the forced choice and the open-ended. Both are valuable. You wouldn't want to have all open-ended because then you don't get the urgency. Um, You don't get the clarity on what people are, are responding to. But you don't want all forced choice as well because you don't get the richness um, and you don't you don't get things you well
1: Have you looked into um, like doing the survey like right up front like um, do expectations like giving people a quick survey before it even starts and say what are your expectations of this course? to see if people are coming into the course going, I don't want to be here, or yes, I heard great things, so my expectations are really high, and then do some sort of correlation between the expectations on the front and the end, or, or placing that smile sheet, if you will, somewhere else in the middle of the court. Kara asked in the course, Kara asked a similar question in the, in the chat. Is there any data on just like moving the placement of that smile sheet around?
2: Oh, what I like to do... Really good joke and it's, (laughs) I'll tell you the company, we were a training company. We were sort of a high premium company and we've got trained on how to get applause. Uh, Wow. Oh,
1: rats! I figured his bandwidth was cutting out a little bit.
2: Yeah,
0: we'll we'll see what's going there.
1: Yeah, we'll tell There's your kids some... to stop streaming Netflix.
0: No kidding. <laughs> Sadly, that's my house exactly.
1: <laughs> I seriously, I, I only say that because I've always. Every time I go live, I have to run around the house and make sure everything's turned off. And hey, everybody, get off, <laughs> get off the streaming media.
0: Despite some of the eye rolling, I've actually I've made a rule that when I'm working from home. During the working day, nobody else uses the internet. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, you might you might need to reinvite him uh, to the video.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking. I don't see an invite button for him yet. So I think he maybe uh, still has to reconnect, or maybe okay. he. Ha- um, we'll keep an eye on that. There are some great, uh, there's some great chat going on. Brent, do you want to read through some of that? Yeah. I mean, it's been fantastic. uh, The
1: conversations are great guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We've got a huge crowd. So it's been a lot of fun to see you guys chatting. Jeff, Marco, Kara, Samantha, Sam. Good to see everybody here. Um, You know, the, uh, uh, somebody mentioned, um, let me scroll back up here real quick. The idea of just, you know, a lot of companies are still doing training especially compliance training just to check the box and the survey at the end is really just um sort of a and this is me extending the question that you know the survey is used at the end to just not only um it it doesn't actually measure compliance It, it measures the compliance of attending the course and having sat through the forced information It's not complying to what you are learning and complying to doing it afterwards. It's complying with the demand to go to the course or to take the online course, which is two different compliances. (laughs) I don't even know how to say that correctly. you, You can comply with the training to go to the training, or you can comply with what you learned in the training and do the things that you learned both are compliance, but which one are we actually measuring? Whew.
2: It's too early for me to talk like that. Will, you're back. Good to see you. Am I? Okay. I I can't see that I'm back, but if I'm back, can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Yep. You just. Oh, I, I think Will. I think you've just got really low bandwidth at your place. Okay. I will have to deal with that. Let's get let's get you some uh, high speed internet.
2: I, I I'm supposed to have it, but. Maybe it's a bad day up here in the Boston area.
1: You got people on the same line streaming Netflix we were talking about while you were gone.
2: <laughs> I could hear you, by the way, so I'm glad you didn't say anything bad about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How could we say anything bad about you, Will? So we're we're at that 30-minute mark, but like I said, we can go a little bit long because I don't think anybody has like a, like a, a 9.30 meeting or anything. But um, give us just a couple more nuggets of uh, smile sheets. What Maybe some of the big mistakes. We've already touched on them a little bit. We all kind of know. But are there any other real sort of detailed um, mistakes that you commonly see that you, it's kind of like, you know what, if we just got rid of those, we would be so much better?
2: Well, let me um... – one of the things I've learned, you know, I, I wrote the book a couple of years ago, and in the past two years, I've been out there working with clients on these. And one of the things that um, I learned that was, I should have known, but, but I, I guess I had it drilled into me, is that when you're creating a smile sheet, uh, or, or just a smile sheet question, let's just take that nugget right there, uh, you should try to uh, put it aside for a while, And then go back to it but also get other people's input um so typically what i do is uh, a client will ask me to create the first version or maybe they'll create the first version and then it's an iterative process um so you know it, it i found it incredibly valuable i i think that i'm pretty good at writing these questions um and if i put them aside for a week and i come back to them i go oh what was i thinking you know but even better, when I give my draft to a client and they share it with some of their internal stakeholders, and they come back and say, "Well, you know, this this verbiage is not going to work with our audience, or we don't really get what you're getting at," um, and then having conversations, uh, having several iterations, and then piloting it. So that's a that's a big mistake. People just put up their smile sheet and don't get any feedback about it. They don't do that iterative process. They don't pilot it. Um, And you may have to pilot it, you know. uh, And, and, you know, one of the things I've started to do is to to give people questions or one question on the questions themselves. And what's interesting, you know, some people say, well, you know, Will, the learners aren't gonna like these new questions because there's too many words. Let's go to numeric scales. They can do numbers. Let's dumb Um, it down. Yeah, dumb it down. I mean, my learners are idiots. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I've always been suspicious of that claim, thinking that learners are going to actually like richer, better questions better. Um, And we've actually done some piloting on this uh, 20 different courses, two different organizations, both global, uh, but one's a nonprofit, one's a for profit. And 80% 80% of the learners liked the new questions better than the old questions, and 90% liked the new questions equal or better to the old questions. So um, uh, I really I really think that, uh, and, and we, we should recognize something, and people should know this, that this is a major change. So yeah. if you're going to implement this, you know, it looks simple. We're just going to change some questions. No, no, no. People in your organization go, oh, wait a minute now, I'm not sure we should get away from those liquor-like scales. That's what we've always been doing. So you may need to think from a change management perspective. So you pilot some things. If you use some questions about the questions themselves, uh, it'll make your audience much more um, uh, relaxed and comfortable. Um, And also, when you you do a pilot, you're going to find better data and people are going to go, oh, now I see why. Um, So... Uh, you know, those are some of the key things that I've learned over the last couple of years uh, that people really ought to pay attention to.
0: There's a couple of couple of things before we wrap up that I want just in the last bit in the chat uh, Jeff's popped in a comment. Richer questions. Tell me you're taking me serious, which I think we've kind of also you know thought of a, a, a earlier, too. Then, and, and I think. I, I think about Netflix has changed from rating five stars to, to thumbs up. And I'm, I'm, well, what value is thumbs up? That's so, you know, binary. Did you like or dislike a show? And, and at least giving me a range gives me a way of expressing how much or, or you know, uh, I was just kind of maybe a simplified example of that, but that, that just that difference in the, in the way, the, the level of, 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 uh, the level of something that you're giving people to try to chime in on. Uh, but Brandy has also got a, a note here. If a trainee completes it following the course, then after working on the job, the answers may have changed. So maybe the course was great, but after what, using what they learned, they, they realized that the training could be beefed up a bit. So thoughts on two yeah, reviews.
2: Well, uh, in the book, i recommend recommend uh, an occasional use of a, a delayed smile sheet. Now, some people will call these level three, but they are not level three. I mean, you, whenever you ask your learners a question, whether you're asking them about uh, level four stuff, level three stuff, level two stuff, it's still level one. Okay, so let's let's get that out of the way. Um, yeah, delayed smile sheets can be very effective. Uh, if you do one immediately, you get the best feedback on the actual design of the learning program because it's fresh in the learner's mind. If you give them um, a... Aid smile sheet, and I usually recommend two to four weeks after the training. Um, It can it can be it can vary, but don't wait six months. I hear people waiting like six months. Well, (laughs) two years after completing this course, we'll be asking you some questions. Did I take a training course? I don't. I don't remember.
1: Uh, So this this will be my last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, uh, Are there any sort of standard? Uh, questions that everybody should just ask? You've, you've, Maybe you've done a lot of research around one or two that's like, this is the best phrased question, and this applies to all of them, or is it really a customized thing that should be specially created
2: for each course? Well, so a lot of people want to use the same question. Some value in that, uh, but it really it doesn't compare course, course, comparing a course and how do you do a course on sexual harassment? You know, you know, asking the same question—it just—it doesn't make sense. It's not really comparable. Um, so uh, I recommend that the more you can tailor a question to the
1: no oh, rats. I was hoping we could get through the last question before that happened. Dang it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll see um, another heartbeat or two here if, if Will is able to, to join us, or to rejoin us, I should say. Um, I'm just gonna. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's pointing out, he can still hear you. That person. <laughs> well he's wrecking all of my current smile sheets and i don't like that that's terrible now he's causing me he's, work he's making us all work <laughs> harder darn stuff. it <laughs> yeah what do you mean we got to think about these things before we
1: yeah do them. no hey listen i'm gonna give a big shout out to the book because it is fantastic and if you um do any sort of training at all Uh, You may think the smile sheets that you give out at the end, you're you're just going to do whatever HR gives you and just do it. But if you really, really do want to start being more valuable to your organization, get Will's book and start stepping up your smile sheets and start convincing. Start that change management process with your HR department or whomever is, is asking you to do that old school. Talk them through this. Maybe even get them the book and say, listen, there's a better way. And, um, and I think we should be doing this. So, yes, Jeff, exactly. Be the change you want to see in your organization. Uh, cue the angel music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, Will has is still with us, and but he's typing in. And I was just going to say it. Uh, Will's website, worklearning.com, also has other really Really great resources. Yeah. I know I uh, I've, I've gone to the spaced repetition document more than once uh, and have found so much value out of it. Um, lots of great things there. So make sure that you do uh, you know take advantage of the the things that he has provided to us. It's a great resource for so many so many things. So yep
1: yep for sure. And I'm just going to uh, cue up our little bit of our. Uh, are going away music because it is about that time and so will we appreciate you being here sir thank yeah. you so much always fun to chat. yeah
0: it's been awesome thanks cue the music thanks will <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no sweat will we appreciate you being here man fantastic taking time out of your day to hang out with us over a cup of coffee thank you and thanks everybody for hanging out in the chat what a great crew i hope you guys love uh idiotic as much as Chris and I love hanging out here chatting and having a cup of coffee. So tell all your friends and we'll see you next week.
0: (laughs) Thanks gang. Talk to you later.